Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Football Rico podcast show. I am your host, Johnny Rico. Welcome to the episode two special El Tri edition, where I'm going to talk to you about the Mexican national team and the big shocker that just happened last night. I'm recording this on a Monday, and um, last night at the Rose Bowl Stadium in Pasadena, California, the Los Angeles area, a big shocking Jamaica eliminates Mexico from the 2017 CONCACAF Gold Cup and Jamaica move on to the final where they'll face the USA. Mexico are packing their bags, going back home where the players will now focus on the local Liga MX that started this past weekend and that I talked to you all about in the regular episode 2 uh, episode of Football Rico Podcast. I'll, I talked to you about all the scores, everything that happened during week 1 of Liga MX. But what happened in the Rose Bowl Stadium? Yours truly got to be there, got to see it firsthand. I mean, I was there, I was watching it happen, I could not believe Mexico being eliminated in the semifinals to Jamaica's B team. Let's let's be honest. We we've all talked to we've all talked about how Mexico did not have their A team that the A team went and played the Confederations Cup. But Jamaica did not have their A team either and their B squad was able to take away a win with uh, with a pure golazo from Kemar Lawrence in the 88th minute free kick shot to the top corner it looked like uh, Mexico goalkeeper Jesus Corona who was having a very good game up until then it looked like he could have done a little more not completely his responsibility though the ball curled around and over the wall into the far corner Um, you know you can only really blame a goalkeeper if the ball goes in through the post that he's defending this did not it just seemed like corona could have maybe dove for the ball maybe he gets there maybe he doesn't you know it just seemed like he could have tried a little more but again not completely his fault that's irrelevant though the whole outcome is what we're here to talk about the whole mexico having to pack their bags and go home while Jamaica move on to the final in San Francisco where they'll face the United States men's national team next Wednesday in San Francisco or Santa Clara at the Levi Stadium where the San Francisco 49ers play their games. So Mexico, they tried and tried and tried all game long, but in front of them, they found a very solid Jamaica team who did not park the bus like in the first game that these two played in the group stage i think mexico were expecting jamaica to sit back really really deep and that was their first mistake assuming this i think uh, juan carlos osorio sent out a very offensive minded team with only three center backs and the fact that jamaica did not have that park the bus mentality especially in the first half really shocked uh, the Mexican game plan and really confused everything going forward. Again, Jamaica, they 
prioritized their defensive responsibilities, but they, but they still looked very dangerous on, on counterattacks, especially through Mexico's left side, where nobody knew what was happening. There was absolutely no left back in the starting lineup. There was only three center backs. Um, Orbelin Pineda and Eric Gutierrez were trying to attack out of the left side and that's where Jamaica found their spaces to hit Mexico on counterattacks. And Mexico were not ready for the aggressiveness that Jamaica showed from time to time. Let's let's also be honest, Jamaica did not produce that many attacks where Mexico were up against the wall, but they still created enough chance to worry both Pineda and Gutierrez who felt the need that they needed to track back and take on some defensive responsibilities, but they just they didn't know how to go about it. They didn't know which one of them was supposed to. Sometimes both of them ended up coming back and defending, sometimes none of them. And out of that confusion, they couldn't really produce anything going forward. They were preoccupied with who's supposed to defend on that left side that they failed to push forward and do their their offensive responsibilities so Mexico were were a very one-sided team in that regards most of Mexico's attacks came through the right because nothing was happening down the left and from there when when the base of your team of your game plan is shattered then it's very hard to really build something good Mexico still controlled the ball. They still produced a lot of good goal scoring opportunities against especially through the right side um, And it really forced the Jamaica goalkeeper who had an amazing game Andre Blake was on display all night long. He blocked several key shots from Eric El Cubo Torres who got the start who got the start as a striker Torres had a clear header on a cross from Elias Hernandez, all alone in the box. Great diving save from Blake to stop that. Blake also stopped a rebound shot from, from Torres a little bit earlier. Um, Jesus Duenas had a shot from inside the box. Blake blocked that. The rebound fell to Torres, and Torres also had his shot blocked. Great double save there by Blake, and I mean, it just continued all game long. In the second half, Jesus Gallardo had a powerful free kick that he blasted. Um, it, granted, it was right at the goalkeeper where he was standing, but Blake stood his ground. He did not move or try and guess where the ball was going. He stood his ground and just punched the ball away. And a lot of crosses, Blake came off his line and cut off. You know, it's it's hard to figure out why Mexico were trying to send so many crosses as their main offensive weapon knowing that Jamaica are a more physical team they they have bigger players and it was going to be very hard for for Mexican forwards to win in these types of plays but that was Mexico's plan the Jamaica goalkeeper Andre Blake came off his line and cut off a lot of easy crosses and actually the Mexico manager acting manager Luis Pompilo Paez after the game during his uh, news conference was asked why why focus your game plan on that type of attack and uh, granted by this time Pompilo Paez was 
in a bad mood. He had he had a very difficult questions thrown at him, and he was already not happy with the result, with the with the attitude from the Mexican media during the press conference. But his response was a very smug. Well, let me tell you that our two most dangerous plays came from crosses out of the wing, referring to that Eric Torres uh, header that Blake blocked, and very. It was a very smug answer. He he was filled with those smug remarks throughout his press conference when asked um, what what can he what can he say on behalf of the coaching staff to the Mexico fans, you know, over for these uh, tournaments that have just gone horrible for Mexico, starting with last year's Copa America Centenario continuing with this year's Confederations Cup and now this devastating semi-final elimination, Pompilo Paez gave a very clear and hard-hitting answer where he said that this coaching staff was hired with one objective and one objective only, and that was to qualify to the next World Cup, which Mexico are currently in first place of the CONCACAF hexagonal in the World Cup qualifying and that that was the main objective of this coaching staff and while that may be the case that the that the main objective of a coaching staff is the World Cup qualification campaign especially since the last World Cup cycle Mexico had a very difficult time in the qualifiers he made it seem like these tournaments were irrelevant or non-important and I think it's that attitude that really rubbed the media and maybe some fans the wrong way. I know it did it for me. Personally speaking, I hear that and it's like these, the coaching staff just admitted to completely throwing away the Copa America Centenario, the Confederations Cup, and the Gold Cup, making it seem like whatever happened in these tournaments is non-important is irrelevant to mexican soccer which to me that's not the case mexico needs to be competing and trying to better their results from previous tournaments when mexico competed in these tournaments previously like the confederations cup or the gold cup compared to other managers mexico was easily winning gold cups they were competing toe-to-toe with the big boys with uh with the brazils with the germanys with with these big teams. Sure, Mexico suffered some defeats, but never 7-0. That's the type of thing that I see, and I see Mexico going back on everything they've gained in their soccer history up until then. This coaching staff is not bettering Mexico. This coaching staff, at best, is keeping Mexico where they're at. At best, because I see it as they're going backwards. You're getting eliminated in the semifinals of a gold cup. You're getting blown out of the water by the big European teams. And to me, that does not bring a lot of hope to what this team could do next year at the World Cup, which is what the, what this coaching staff should be focusing on. They should not be focusing on qualifying to the World Cup. This is CONCACAF for God's sakes. Mexico practically has a guaranteed ticket to the World Cup. It might not seem like that four four years ago for the 2014 World Cup where Mexico really struggled, but 
as long as Mexico avoids that kind of disaster, Mexico has a guaranteed ticket into the World Cup. This coaching staff should be using these World Cup qualification games, these tournaments to better Mexico's form, to better the team chemistry so that at the World Cup they can put in a performance slightly better than the last. That's all we're really asking for. A slight improvement over what has already been done. Not staying right where you're at at best. So that's my biggest criticism of Juan Carlos Osorio and the coaching staff. I think that decisions that they take on building the team tactically, the starting lineups, I think it does Mexico no favors. I think um, this coaching staff is very stubborn, very smug, and unfortunately, the Mexican national team is going to pay the price for that. And we're gonna we're gonna reap those consequences next year at the World Cup. I mean, unless Mexico get a sweetheart of a group, I was you know I was mentioning this to someone last night. Maybe an Eastern European team, an African team, and an Asian team. Unless Mexico has that kind of sweetheart of a group where they can easily advance and still be get a favorable opponent in the next round out of the, the other group, I can't see Mexico doing much better than anything else. I think Mexico could actually be eliminated in the group stage of the World Cup for the first time in a long time I not you know you go back to the 86 World Cup and since then that's how far back I can remember since since the 86 World Cup when Mexico participates in World Cup they minimum get past the group stage and that is in serious doubt at least in my mind I know in a lot of people's mind that Mexico can even accomplish that so that is the sad reality of where El Tri stands um, the Mexican directors throughout this Gold Cup, um, Decio de Maria, the FMF president, has given his voted, vote of confidence for Osorio. He said that Osorio will be the coach up, up all through the World Cup, but we'll see. This is Mexican soccer after all. When directors are giving their vote of confidence to a manager, it's because there's something wrong. Because people are demanding answers to poor results and poor showings and that's why the directors feel the need to to give that vote of confidence which usually means practically nothing because it's 50 50 whether he ends up getting fired or not so we'll see in the next coming days if the directors decide to make a change decide to keep osodio um Personally, I think that Osorio is going to end up staying, not because the directors want him to, be, but because the directors might feel there's a lack of options to replace Osorio. I honestly think anybody with 10 fingers would be a better option than Osorio, and that's not, that's not a slight to anyone with 9 fingers or 8 fingers. They probably could do just as good a job as Osorio. But my point is, anybody with just a little common sense would be doing a lot better than Osorio. 
anybody with the common sense to play a left back as a left back, a right back as a right back, and a defensive midfielder as a defensive midfielder. Anyone who's logical enough to do that could probably do a lot better than Juan Carlos Osorio at the Mexican national team. And yeah, that's the sad reality of the Mexican national team. Like I said, um, with that, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to just call it a day for the Mexican national team until the next World Cup qualification match or the next money-grabbing friendly in the United States. We're going to put the Mexican national team aside. Um, it's, it's time to focus on the local domestic Liga MX. Week 1 was just played this weekend. Again, I go all over what happened in week 1 of Liga MX in the Football Rico episode 2, the regular episode. So make sure to listen to that and continue to listen to the Football Rico podcast for all your Mexican soccer news, analysis, um, stay up to date, stay informed, stay entertained. That's the big one. Um, make sure to follow myself, Johnny Rico, on social media at Johnny Rico on Twitter, J-O-N-Y-R-I-C-O. The Johnny Rico page on Facebook. That's uh, three separate words. The Johnny, J-O-N-N-Y, double N there, Rico page. And Football Rico on Instagram. Uh, I appreciate all of your support and hope that you, you will listen in future episodes. Goodbye, everybody.